0: Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits, and this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me, and then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk, let's share information, let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome back to episode two. I'm so glad you're in Porter Flute Pod with producers Justine Sedkey and Alan J. Tomasetti. This week, Caitlin Jones is helping us out. Today is your day to cure the practice blues. Our episode is called Etudes and the Enneagram. Yes, that personality test you thought you knew how to spell. And I'll talk about a word that I heard the other day, unmotivation. So I'm going to hand down some advice about etudes and how we prepare our career with etudes. So I ran to the vault and got Carmen. I'd like to start this podcast off with a great quote that I love, and I think it has a lot to do with this episode theme. Shine the light on what you want to see grow. So let's really get into this. Let's really talk about our development as an artist. So for real development... It's essential to be honest with your level of proficiency at any stage of your life. Impressing and exaggerating your genuine level of playing, I think, will drive you to exhaustion. It's the relentless pursuit of the next showing or the next speech or the next concerto or the next audition The wisdom to quietly appreciate that where you are is where you're supposed to be is key. And that's my story. I was in a yoga class. I was in my mid-20s. And I was in a pose that's called forward fold. Now, you might know it as try to touch your ankles So, you're sitting on the floor, and your legs are stretched out in front of you, and you take your arms parallel to your legs, and you try and touch your ankles, and you try and relax. Well, my hands didn't go very far down my leg, and I illegally peeked and saw that everybody else's head was on their knees. So, the loving teacher came around the room and whispered in my left ear where you are is where you're supposed to be and I realized then that my head on my knees or the lack of my head on my knees had nothing to do with my personal advancement and it was my comparison to where I thought I should be and this Amazing teacher. She comes back again and whispered in my left ear again. And where you are is a good place. So let's realize our potential and how we're going to practice knowing that opportunity lies in where we shine the light. So let's get out our exercises and our concert pieces and those arrangements that we lovingly call etudes. The Enneagram test is a personality test that categorizes us all into nine personality types. Enneagram, spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, bases its result on motivation, there's even an Enneagram for students. So we can apply the knowledge of the Enneagram to adapt our learning and our teaching styles. So we can, as teachers and students, find a way to understand why or why not etudes. Whether you want to be the star of the class or feel like the misunderstood creative or the intellectual outsider, I think everyone has to wrap their personalities around etudes. They are written as standard reading for all of us, not just the few who deem them worthy. I think we should realize our potential no matter who we are today at this very moment. We need to follow along with the methods. We need to commit to doing a book of etudes in a row and in total they probably have a beautiful result awaiting for every instrument there's an etude usually the person who composed the etude played that specific instrument and that etude proficiency was at a par or above the level needed for the repertoire of the day I think it's still true today If we establish that etudes provide a foundation and a bridge between our exercises and our major repertoire, we can grow to a fuller potential, no matter who we are. I interviewed my students, and one of them mentioned that etudes were a fun way to work out the technique, and they felt like mini concert pieces were on their stand. That's one personality type. Another student felt it was less pressure than the repertoire. They appreciated the goal for each one and felt a smaller scale of work allowed them to trust themselves and to have fun. (laughs)
1: ORCHESTRA PLAYS
0: Okay, let me tell you this great story about a time when I really needed my faculty mentor. And he appeared out of nowhere to teach me and the student an invaluable lesson. I was teaching scales at the beginning of the lesson. And my student was having a heck of a time playing B minor. I thought of my faculty mentor the venerable professor of saxophone and Earl V. Moore professor of music, Donald Sinta. I thought, what would Don Sinta do? And by, I guess, instinct, I went to the door. I opened the door, and there was Don Sinta getting a drink of water from the water fountain right in front of my office. I couldn't believe it. I said, Professor Sinta... Do you mind coming into my studio for a moment? My student is having trouble with her B minor scale. He got a very serious look on his face, and he came into the office. I think he maybe smiled at me on the way in, but then he got a very serious look, and he said to the student, Do you do your scales? The student said yes. He then asked, Do you bathe? Yes, the student replied. Do you brush your teeth? He said. Yes, the student replied. He said, it's all the same thing. You've got to do that stuff every day. Okay, so maybe he didn't say stuff, but it was incredible. He was out the door as fast as he was in the door. He just disappeared. And he left both me and the student staring at each other. It's something I'll never forget. You've got to do that stuff every day. I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and the Philadelphia Orchestra was everything to our family. We grew up listening to the Philadelphia Orchestra everywhere, and when we got to go see them live, it was spectacular. I grew up reading The Method of William Kincaid. Now, Murray Panitz was the principal flutist at the time when I was growing up, but William Kincaid permeated Philadelphia flute playing. The art and practice of modern flute technique incorporated etude bits and orchestral excerpt melodies so that even the beginning student had access to this incredible repertoire. John Krell, the piccolo player in the Philadelphia Orchestra, compiled a book about William Kincaid's pedagogy. The book is called Kincaidiana. In the back, there's a list of etudes, and I'd like to share some of them and the composers with you. I'll also sh- tell you about the list of Anderson etudes in terms of difficulty, because I know some of us wonder, which one do we play first? So, Kincaid says you should be playing the etudes of Altez and Berbegay, Biche and Boom, Boza, Gonsmer, Jean-Jean, Cargaylert, Shad just to name a few, and when it comes to the Anderson etudes, try them in order of opus 37, 41, 21, 33, 30, 15, 63, and 60. There are etudes for just about every music genre. If you'd like to play jazz etudes, or beatboxing etudes, or extended technique etudes, there's an etude out there for you. They are so important as the foundation and the bridge to your repertoire. Dictionary's definition of etude is a short musical composition, typically for one instrument, designed as an exercise to improve the technique or demonstrate the skill of the performer. It's the French word literally meaning study. It was first used around 1826, and this is an important fact, that in the middle of the 19th century, our flute, our instrument, was going through a metamorphosis. Theobald Boehm was introducing, not soon after, his all-keyed Boom system flute. So who was writing the etudes? The teachers and the performers who were making the switch to the Boom system flute. Boehm himself, as well as Henri Altez. Now, in my studio, we learn all those works, plus... Modern etudes of composers that are still living. We have Will Offerman's and Robert Dick Flying Lessons and Mike Moore's Finger Busters, just to name three. And those non-flutists like Paul Jean-Jean, the clarinetist, and violinist Eugene Bozza, they also wrote very difficult flute etudes. I was approached to edit The 32 Etudes for Clarinet by Cyril Rose in a volume for flute, and I gladly accepted. Cyril Rose was the clarinet colleague of Altes in Paris in the middle of the 19th century. I hope you can understand, as flutists, the significance of etudes. We need to learn fine motor skills to play our boom system flute. I came to New York City at the age of 17 to go to the Juilliard School and study with Samuel Barron. He immediately diagnosed me with atuditis. Now, I can't make this word up. Atuditis. It meant I didn't really care. I wasn't paying attention. And I certainly wasn't aware that they could help me. They were just torturing me. So... The word unmotivation that I heard a few days ago really got me curious. Was that the same thing? So let's talk about avoiding and being unmotivated. First get out your instrument and look at it. Could you stand to be without it? If you let it go, would you have lost your voice or your best friend? ask yourself, is there music out there to conquer? Yes, I think so. It's no fun wondering what if. So take deep breaths, get out your instrument and put your big person pants on and then pull out your scale primers and play cleanly and with ease of tension. And then etudes should be addressed. You could work out of the same book, or you could have one from one book and one from another book, just as as long as it's helping your repertoire. Do them consistently. Do them in a row and with a goal of recording or memorizing it without mistakes. If you can't play it slowly and mindfully, then you can't play it up to tempo. It's a delusion of grandeur to put the big piece in front of you to master only to fall short of its demands. So how do you start to practice an etude? With a pencil. That's right, get out a pencil and analyze it. Look at it. Does it have sections that repeat? Does it go into different keys? Are dynamics a big part of it? Is it in the style of the piece? that you're playing or is it in the correct style of the composer? Ask yourself that before you whip out your instrument and play the etude because you will be more informed when you approach your artistry. And that's key. If you work at your artistry from an uninformed place and then start learning, it's not going to go as smoothly or as quickly as you'd like. Now, do you have the practice blues? For scales, playing along with pop music or the TV music, all in the same key, that's really fun. Try that. For etudes, join Etude of the Week on Facebook. It's It's a commitment that's both motivational and fun. And let's flip the lens on me for a second. I've done so many etudes that the caprices and often the show pieces become my etudes. I pick up a variation of the theme of anybody, any composer from the Romantic era, and I'll tackle it alongside all my other repertoire. I'm not one to play caprices or variations in a recital, but the Cargaylor caprices are nice to listen to in a row. I have to tell you, I didn't learn the Cargaylert caprices from a teacher. I began them in 1995. And in 2005, I felt ready to begin my process of dissemination and teach through a study guide on a film. So there was born one of my passions producing media, all from filming my etudes. Okay, I'll divulge. In the Enneagram test, I'm a Type 3, no surprise, but my saving grace is I have something called a Wing 2. I'd like to have wings. If you're more into Myers-Briggs then so be it, you're dealing with an INFJ. Surprised? I'm not. It's just me. I'm a Virgo. My moon is in Leo, and my ascending is in Cancer. That should tell you all you need to know about this pod you're in. We keep it happy and powerful. Welcome to one of my commercials. I'm sponsoring my own show with the Cargaylor Caprice Study Guide. Why? Because I'm a business owner. I wouldn't be here if I didn't start my business, Porter Productions, LLC, in 2009. Back in 2005, I filmed the Cargillard Study Guide because I needed to include more in teaching than I was able to in such a short 50 to 60-minute lesson. I liked the history behind the works, and I liked to play for my students. I figured I could help more with handing students a film than I could with a friendly lesson reminder. I was referred to Marie Herseth by the Kargaylert Society as a great historian. So she appears on the DVD, and she is superb. She brings us the rich history of Kargaylert and his surroundings in Leipzig, Germany. I filmed the lectures in one day, and the next day I performed the unedited performance in seven hours. I have no idea how I did it. Do you think it was my type 3 on the Enneagram? Visit amyporter.com or porterflute.com to download your movies of the Cargaylert Caprice Study Guide. By this point, if you're not convinced to practice etudes, try short little concert works like Flight of the Bumblebee or Perpetual Motion or even... Paganini's caprices. Any short work to test your skills. And why did I run to the vault and get out Carmen? Well, it's my live performance with Christopher Harding of the Carmen Fantasy by Francois Bourne, and I really love it. Because maybe Carmen was a type three, and this piece is certainly grand enough to be called a grand etude. I think it's so demanding, and it really requires all of our knowledge and prior education from the benefit of etudes. So call on all your etudes to help you through your repertoire, from the beginning etudes by Moise and Kohler to the more advanced books mentioned by William Kincaid. If you're interested in a hard copy of Kincaidiana, this book can be found at nfaonline.org under Publications. And if you'd like to know more about the Enneagram, visit enneagraminstitute.com. Remember to always play a method of etudes that matches your pieces and your personality. My students have told me during this pandemic Etudes have been a godsend over the past few weeks. Stay tuned for my next podcast episode where I'll introduce you to my businesses and my business mindset. I'm a soloist with four small businesses, so I can get into the history of that and how I decided to, quote, brand myself. Up for more, I'm Porterflute, at YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. And that's the name of my website for students. I'm also a soloist at amyporter.com and you can find me on Facebook at Amy Porter Flutist. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for being here.